You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline, and I'm also the leader of a company called MyXP, where we help uh, pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. I think it might be helpful if we find a way to minimize some of the wording in your sentence. I feel a little bad for you every time. Well, it's a this lot time of you introduced yourself as a leader. Yeah, You've never well, said I don't that know before. About... <laughs> I'm the leader of. You yeah. said like you lead the I'm movement. I'm the visionary. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm the one of those guys. Visionary architect. Yeah. Oh gosh, remember those oh, titles? Oh man, oh, those were super cool. All right, so we're going to kick off a new series uh, this week, and we're going to spend just a few weeks really spending a little bit more time talking about what's happening in our church at uh-huh. Ridgeline. Yeah. And uh, we are taking the month of September to r- try to reset our entire church family to the purpose for which we believe God has called us together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're, like COVID has disrupted so much. And this is like all we've talked about. What do we do? We kick this off like the week before COVID. Did we start this in COVID? I don't remember. Do you even remember? No. I just remember all we talked about was COVID for Mm -hmm. most of the time. Yep. Well, um, so we're going to talk about just where we're um, headed as we're, unfortunately, you know, it'd be great to say that we were out of COVID, but Mm. but we're not. Yeah. I uh, was looking on our website because we had to send out an update a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. about something. And the previous one I had titled that went out the end of April or beginning of May, I had titled... The final, final COVID yeah. update. That's... So, so those of you who are listening, it's my fault. Yeah, <laughs> I did it. You're the reason the world yeah. is still experiencing mm-hmm. COVID. Hundred percent. Yeah. I believe that. All right. So, but before we get to that, we've probably talked about some version of this at some point. But it's mm-hmm. it's we've spent a lot of time talking about like what what are we excited to get back to? Sure. Whatever that even. I don't think any of us. Are you with me? Are you awake? Yeah. You. That's your second yawn. We're like 13 seconds into this. <laughs> you need to do some jumping jacks? No, we got a real moody room, and it just is, and my chair's comfy. I'm going and... to turn on these fluorescent lights if you keep cool. yawning. All right. <laughs> so it's easy to think about all the things that we want to get back to, all the things that we want to be different after COVID. Mm-hmm. But there are some things that I think about that have come out of COVID. I'm I'm like, okay with these can continue for me and I would be fine. So let's talk about one thing you hope doesn't change um, after COVID. I feel like um, you need to go first. I'll go first. I think my, my big thing would be by and large, I am super pro social distancing. Mm-hmm. Not uh, not so much the like preach. Not so much the like we can't be in a room together. We can't yeah. hug. Not that kind of thing. But like when you're standing in a line 
and people are like six feet away from you, mm-hmm. I am super okay with that. Oh yeah. The people all up in my business, I wasn't a fan of that before. Sure. I'm not a fan of it now. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a fan of it after. Mm-hmm. So anytime someone's just a little too close to me, I feel like I'm going to need you to back up off me. Mm-hmm. So social distancing would be in lines in particular. Yeah. That would be the thing I'm like, let's keep this going. Yeah. I, I have to agree with that. I don't think I have anything, uh, Extra special, masks different. Um, want to keep masks going? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Please, could I? <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, I think that I, um, especially as uh, Disney reopened like a year ago in July, Disney World, I went for a couple days. I just had to know it was like it was still there, doing yep. all right. Yep. So I went for a couple of days, and the distancing was like serious business, especially in those queues. And I think at Disney World, especially when it's hot outside, uh, by midday, people start to <clears throat> stink pretty rank. Yeah. And it's just not... It's, it's an not odd acceptable. combination of like this amazingly sweet, magical smell and B.O. That's yeah. pretty much yeah. Disney. Absolutely. And <laughs> so when I went... Uh, you know, there were all these lines on the ground, just yeah. like they've been everywhere. And I had this thing cause I went by myself. And so I was like there in lines and people decided that that meant that they could take some of my six feet space Mm-mm. and that wasn't a thing. And so I had the, I perfected this move where like people would get like kind of up on me and I'd turn, I'd look at them. <laughs> I'd look down at their line on the ground that they were past. I'd look back at them and I'd turn around. Not that a w- word spoken. That was the warning. <laughs> Because what I know back then, it, it's gotten a little looser, but back then, you let a cast member know, no, those people no would joke. be ejected from yeah. the pot. I mean, it was no joke. They had people with whistles ta- yelling at people to oh like gosh. put their masks on right and all of that kind of stuff. And so I didn't hate that. Did you ever have to move past step one? Did you ever have to say anything to anyone or no? Uh, I did say something to one person once because this woman like was on a scooter and kept like hitting me Mm. and she should have stopped at the line to begin with. So there should have been six feet before the wheel of her scooter. Yeah. And I was like, just all done with that. Yeah. Well, um, so again, we're going to talk about trying to reset, uh, our, as a church family to the Mm -hmm. purpose for which God made us. And so before we kind of talk about that, I think Mm -hmm. it would be good to spend a couple minutes talking about it has been, um, I think in more ways that, I can even fully understand still has Mm -hmm. just been this sort of disorienting, disruptive 16 to 18 months Yeah, in every way, including pastorally. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it might be good for us to talk a little bit about, you know, as we come in, we're in a, we're in a good place now. We feel as we'll talk about in just a few minutes, we feel like God's given us a renewed vision. And I would say for myself, even passion and energy um, for, continuing on pastorally uh, Mm -hmm. at Ridgeline, but let's talk a little bit about just over the course of the last, especially probably six to eight months, Mm -hmm. how it's felt being a pastor or how you're feeling about the the work of pastoral ministry. Yeah. I mean, I think not great, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, it's just felt, it's felt so much more like a job Mm -hmm. than I ever remember. And I've been in vocational ministry now for 12 or 13 years. And I remember like when I worked at Starbucks, for example, I did like that job quite a bit, but largely I was at work, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a reason it's called labor. It's a job, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I remember when I came 
and and was in full-time ministry, it just feels different. There was a different sense of purpose. There was a different sense of calling. There was just this thing that I was excited to do all the time. Mm -hmm. And especially as of the last year and a half or so, it's just felt more, I mean, a little bit like living in the movie Groundhog's Day, where, you know, it was interesting and we came up with fun and what we thought were innovative ways to keep people connected and did donut deliveries and t-shirt, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, did Zoom groups like everyone on the planet mm-hmm. and all of that. And that uh, lasted for the time that it lasted, uh, which was a few weeks. And it's just been pretty rough because mm-hmm. I think that between some of the isolation, between having to be online for so long and then not, and then back mm-hmm. online and then, not, you know, all of that. Um, and then also just recognizing that a lot of, as we've talked about a lot, so many people are not doing well. Mm-hmm. And what I have seen um, in our situation, what I have seen in those churches that my XP supports, a lot have a lot of people have taken out that uh, mm. frustration in their life on their pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that you didn't do enough, that you didn't help enough, that you didn't call enough. And I genuinely, I'm really ready. Um, for someone to bring that up again, because mm-hmm. I don't have any voicemails, you know, right. like I don't, I don't have many people reaching out wondering how I have right. done. And, and again, it's not a matter of like who did what or who did more. I think the point is, as we've talked about ad nauseum, we're all going through this. Mm-hmm. And so we need to support each other versus expecting someone else to support mm-hmm. us. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, um, I think when what you have is just a job, mm-hmm. you're always, there's always like one eye open or one eye on what else is out there. Yeah. What and, job could be a better totally. job? Totally. And yeah. I think that that's one of the reasons that the church in general, like the big C church, at least in the United States, is seeing people leave ministry at an alarming rate. Mm-hmm. I mean, every uh, recruiting firm out there is begging for people. Do you know anyone who is looking for a ministry job? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if you are a worship person or a youth person or a lead, pa- really anything, yeah. like, you could have such a pick of jobs right now. And I think the reality is there's just a lot of people feeling that same way. Yeah, I had a couple thoughts when you were talking. One is, I mean, it's interesting the more that I'm like spend time with people in our church or even just read articles, like there is no industry that is untouched by what you're describing. Right. There is, I mean, really unprecedented movement between jobs right now mm-hmm. in every way, whether it's retail or, or, you know, something in food or hospitality. And I think because ministry for so many of us is and feels like just a job, yeah. We're untouched by it too. Totally. So we're looking for other things. The other thing I thought when you were talking was, and it's interesting, I, I've been thinking about this throughout this week. I think that one of the reasons that people are lashing out, whether it be at their pastors or friends or family members, but for our context, the reason, to your point, that people are taking out on their pastors is that collectively the world is grieving. People mm. in the church are grieving, but but so few people... Christians in particular really know how to grieve well, that we don't Mm. recognize it as grief. And so as a result, we have this like reactionary sort of lash out in anger. Yeah. And pastors oftentimes become the pinata that's taking that beating. Yeah. And um, so no solution for that, just an observation that we we gotta learn how to grieve better. And I but identify it as no, what I'm really feeling I'm not really I'm just grieving. Yeah. (laughs) And rightfully so. There's much to grieve. Yeah. 
I think for me, um, I think I actually really got some clarity on this language wise, at least even today, but it's, it's related to what you described ministry feeling like just a job. Yeah. I think for me, what has, what, why I have entertained, um, so many fantasies of doing something else, Mm -hmm. particularly over the last, you know, year has been, I think I have fallen prey to seeing my job as a pastor um, in producing goods and services that people consume. And the goods and services that I produce are sermons or, you know, we did this devotional podcast for however many, like 50, 60 days through COVID. Yeah. And uh, that was a way better idea when I thought it was only going to be like two weeks long. <laughs> and yeah, now when you say 50, 60 days, it feels like you totally phoned it in. Totally. That You're was like, a man, really impressive so early. thing, but yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I don't think that that is really the heart of pastoral ministry. Yeah. But I, when you view it that way, and then you partner it with the other thing that you're describing, which is like, we've had our own wave of people that have Mm -hmm. been like, you know, pissed about mask policies or disagreeing about political social issues or, you know, whatever. And so as a result have walked away from even our church and like dropped a grenade on the way out. Yep. And so when you combine it with, I'm working hard to produce this, these goods and services, you're ungrateful and leaving in the midst of it, mm-hmm. that le- has led me to a place where I've just thought so many times, like, I'm just tired of this. Sure. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And um, I've experienced a lot of, I think, healing in that over the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't know if I've even talked about this on here at all, but I started into a two-year um, program to be trained as a spiritual director. Mm-hmm. And so I had my first residency uh, for six days out in Ashland, Ohio, which if you've never heard of it, there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. There's a Walmart and um, that's really about it. Awesome. And a bunch of churches. <laughs> just, it's just so weird visiting other places when you yeah. live in Salt Lake City. Sure. There's just like nine massive cathedral-esque church buildings sure. in this tiny little downtown. You're like, I don't know if there's nine cathedral-esque churches in a Salt Lake City, a church of, mm-hmm. or a city of, you know, a million and a half people. It's yeah. insane. So <clears throat> I went out there for this and there's a lot I could talk about in this, but I, I had this, um, I had this pretty amazing experience. The last morning I was there, one of our instructors, her name is Summer Gross. She was leading us through this, um, contemplative exercise that was focused on the five senses. Mm. And so she was going to set us up for the first three, and then we were going to be released to, to go practice this exercise on ourselves by mm-hmm. ourselves. And so it started with, um, you know, closing your eyes and using your sense of hearing. Mm. And then, so you're just 60 seconds, just listening in the silence. Like, what, what do I hear around me? It's about being present more than anything. And then it was smell. So mm-hmm. just what do I smell? And then open your eyes and a sight thing. And uh, so we're at this, uh, I think it's called First Presbyterian Church. It's Ashland's so small, I can't believe there was a second Presbyterian, mm-hmm. but there's for sure a first. Yep. It's this like Hogwarts style, mm-hmm. old, big, beautiful church building. Okay. And by and large, you know, these old cathedral style churches, you've been in them, they all look the same mm-hmm. and they definitely all smell the same. It's yeah. like that combination of old carpet, concrete, and wood. Mm-hmm. Whatever that magical stew is, yeah. <laughs> it has a very distinct smell. So I'm going through this, this sensory thing 
and I smell and there. And then at the moment I opened my eyes, I had this in a moment, this crazy emotional memory from my childhood, which mm. I don't have very many of. Mm. I was probably, and it, the memory was of the very first church I remember sitting in. Mm. And I was probably, I talked to my mom about it today. I was probably four years old. Okay. My biological dad had left about a year prior. And okay. so we had moved to Northern California from Oregon mm-hmm. uh, to live where my grandfather lived. And my mom was taking uh, us to this old Methodist church. Okay. And so I opened my eyes in this setting. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just like, it was overwhelming. I haven't thought about, but I had this like distinct, like I remember as a four-year-old exactly where I was sitting, what this church looked like. And it looked and smelled and sounded just like this room that I was in. Hmm. And, and I had this really crazy moment that I don't have like all of the time, but that God spoke to me and said, this is why you love church. Cause it's the first place you ever felt safe. Mm. And the context around that is, you know, this was a very, um, unstable and erratic time in mm-hmm. my life and that my biological sure. dad had left. So there's no dad in the picture. My grandfather's mental health was rapidly deteriorating. He would probably commit suicide within six to 12 months mm. of this time that I remember. And my mom had significant mental health issues as any woman would, whose husband cheated and abandoned her with two kids. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a very erratic, disorienting, changing time. And there was something about that like being in that place that conveyed to me that I was safe in the presence of God. Hmm. And so I came back from that event. It was it was unbelievable in that moment feeling this sort of like almost immediate clarification around that's that of God conveying to me that your job as a pastor is not to just produce goods and services for these Christians to consume. Hmm. It's that, our, our responsibility is to create and to foster and to cultivate a place that's safe for people to be seen mm. and because Jesus is safe to be seen. And so all of it, and it's re- really interesting how, you know, you and I had been doing some planning just a couple of weeks earlier mm-hmm. and, and I was feeling, I remember when you were like, how are you feeling about what we just did? And we'd given like a day to it. And I was like, nah. mm-hmm. you're like, well, that was, I could tell you were so deflated. <laughs> And, and what's amazing is I think how, how perfectly God had us teed up despite both really feeling pretty fried mm-hmm. and sort of like, eh. and I think what I felt fried by was like, yeah, it's just another round of something else we're going to make for people to consume. Sure. And, and so now partnering this, I think, clarity that God gave us and the healing that is, that is, ta- that is currently taking place, mm-hmm. it's given, I think, me and us this renewed sense of, all right, it's time to reset the way that we think about what it is that we're trying to do. Sure. And so much of what we're trying to do will be things that we've done in the past. Mm-hmm. But I think more than anything, I'm thinking about it differently than mm-hmm. I ever have. And so basically what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how are we working to reset in September. Mm. And so I think this will end up being about four weeks. We're going to okay. kind of talk about as we're headed in. So we're recording this on a Friday. Yep. This Sunday, we're going to um, have a meeting that we'll talk about in a few minutes, but yep. we're starting this process this weekend. And then I'm going to do a series that we're going to talk about. And, and, and just week by week, we're going to sort of process in hindsight here, here's what we've done. 
Yeah. But it's all toward resetting. And it's not just, I think on the one hand, it's like we're resetting because of COVID. I think at least for me, and I think that you would agree with this, it feels significantly bigger than that. Yeah. For me, it feels like, I think we're really resetting the way that we think about what it means to be Christians, yeah. what it means to be a church, and what it means to be pastors. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's, yeah, to me, it's just clarity as to what it is that we're doing other than a service each week. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's, I think that's the thing that gets so laborious is sermons and songs. That's mm-hmm. it. It's all we do. Yep. And Because I don't do sermons or songs, so then. <laughs> right. You just get complained at. That's right. That's like your job mm-hmm. description. Mm-hmm. But I but I wonder sometimes if that's not like in, in super high production environments, which mm-hmm. we have been a part of. Yeah. I think one of the things, now uh, like the non-cynical part of me says what drives that a lot of the time is this like deep desire to creatively express oneself and worship God. And I think mm-hmm. that's part of it. I think another thing is if you don't find fresh ways, like fresh fresh um, things to produce for people to consume, you just get bored and quit and want to do something else. Sure. And so I think we're trying to like table all of that yep. and just reset the whole thing. Yep. So let's talk about how we're going to reset in September. Cool. Okay? So it's really going to be about two things. It's going to be about um, doubling down on transformation mm-hmm. and then inviting others back to the mission. Okay. All right. So we'll talk about these one at a time. So first Great. we're going to double down on transformation. Um, I think one of the things that I feel like is a theme running through what we're talking about, but that I'm also just over is like, I'm not, I I refuse to be content with building a place where people can just come to church. Yeah. I'm just not interested in that anymore. Sure. Because then I think if, if, if the mentality is just building a place where the most people possible will come to church, Mm -hmm. it puts you in this inherently competitive position where you're trying to be the best at what you do and like the best at attracting people to come. Yeah. And we're, first of all, we're in Salt Lake city. So that's going to be a pretty depressing strategy. Yeah. Cause like we don't have any like massive churches here. Mm-hmm. That's just not a thing. No. Um, there's one, it's just not like a biblically Christian. Yeah. It's a totally yeah. different thing. Sure. Um, and so what we're really doubling down on is this, and this is going to be a surprise. This is the way I'm going to word what our mission is. Oh, just cool. Just new language for, for us. Awesome. Right? It's Learning to, it right here right on the here podcast. In real right, time. Let's do it up. It's to build a community positioned for transforming relationship with Jesus. Okay? It's all right. We want to... Oh, good. <laughs> I'll put some more words in it so you can trip over it oh, every the, time you have to oh, say it on the podcast. Go. Oh, geez. To build a community positioned for transforming relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So um, we really do believe that transformation, the, the, a changed life is the work of the Holy Spirit. But unlike, so when we think in like the doctrinal categories, justification is the one-time act of God alone declaring us right in the eyes of God, right? Mm-hmm. Sanctification which is where we experience growth and change and transformation. It is a work of the Holy Spirit, but we participate. Mm -hmm. Our participation is we position ourselves to experience transforming relationship with the Spirit of God. Okay. And so what we really want to do is we want to, how do we, how do we craft our entire ministry around what we believe are the primary positions in which people experience this change. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yep. 
And so we're going to do a series uh, through the month of September called Positioned for Change. And it's going to, so we use a Venn diagram. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Is that what you, so you mm-hmm. got the, the three circles and yeah. then they all the touch. Con- or and concentric the, circles. Concentric yeah, yeah. circles would be another name for it. Um, and so we we have like these three positions that we're sort of putting all our eggs in these baskets. Yep. So it's weekly worship. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to, we're not like... Weekly, folks. Yeah, Those weekly. Of you listening from Ridgeline. Weekly. weekly. Not yeah. once a month when... I'd like to emphasize weekly over the worship part. <laughs> I want us to worship at least weekly. At least weekly. Yeah, yeah anyway. Sorry. So that's good. No, weekly worship. And we're going to do a whole... Uh, episode talking about that, mm-hmm. how we're thinking about that. Yeah. The second one is sitting with God. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is formative friendship. Mm. Um, the sitting with God piece for me, that really comes out of, and some people are going to hear that and go, oh, so like they need to have a devotional life. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't really care what you call it. Yeah. I think the big, one big thing that COVID revealed was the extent to which the average Christian has allowed the worship service to mediate their relationship with God. Yeah. So you take away the worship service and then no one has their God's gone yep. basically. And so I think that's one of the primary reasons so many people either struggled spiritually through COVID mm-hmm. or like walked away from their faith altogether. Totally. Because we have not effectively trained people how to relate with God for themselves. Yeah. And so we want to do that. And then that formative friendship is a particular type of relationship that is intentionally um, walking with Jesus together in a way that we are being transformed through that. Yeah. Makes sense? Yeah. So we're we're doubling down on that. That's what we care about. That's what we're passionate about. That's what we're going to work toward. So we're not just trying to, to create this place where people come to consume goods. We're trying to build a community that is positioned to live in transforming relationship with Jesus. Great. The second thing and uh, is that we want to, and this is where our meeting comes into play mm-hmm. this weekend, mm-hmm. is we want to invite other people back to the mission, mm. right? So I, I would Not say, just me and you? Not just me and you. Talk, talk about that. Like, talk about what, because you said that the other day when we were talking about this. Mm-hmm. Just talk about how it is, what it's felt like for you and I, but from your own perspective, what it's felt like to lead our church through COVID. Yeah, I mean, I think largely we did it. And I think that it, like it relied on us to like drag it along. The fact that uh, there are churches, and uh, and it's not just about Ridgeline. The mm-hmm. ones that are open, I think you should say thanks to your pastor. And the ones that are closed, your pastor just didn't have enough like oomph to make mm-hmm. it happen. And, and Which isn't ge- even criticism. Like no. I mean, genuinely, oh, like no. some are. Yeah, it's not like oh, he was a wuss. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I don't know how. I wasn't limping real hard going into it. I was doing pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. Life was uh, really on the upswing for sure. And so thankfully I got a running start at a screeching halt. Yeah. Uh, But that was good. I like that. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) If you could learn to say great things, but then not have have to stop and draw attention to it. That's fair. Go ahead. That's fair. But regardless, I think – I think that uh, part of the whole purpose for this meeting, part of the thing that I think any pastor listening needs to get their people together and just like get ready for is it just seems like Mm -hmm. given all the news and science and things, which I know everyone's into, but it's going to be 
a, it's going to be a rough. It's going to be a minute. It's going to be a rough season. Yeah, I think we might have another fall, winter, spring like we did last year. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if that means things close. I don't know what that means. It's going to feel rough, and it's going to be isolating. And who knows how many? I think there's a lot more letters in the Greek alphabet they can name these suckers <laughs> after. Variants? Yeah, and so awful. I just think we have got a lot coming. And as a result, some of this is out of necessity. It's not necessarily out of being an uh, ingenious thinker or Mm -hmm. being really creative. It's literally, if we have to, let's say we have to go back online again, or we have to uh, disperse a little bit again. I don't think, I know myself, I don't have the Mm -mm. energy, the emotion, the drive to be able to pull us through it again. Mm -mm. And certainly I'm not trying to, um, imply that God wasn't there walking through us, but I think most people and specifically those in ministry would agree that that tangible feeling of God right there has mm-hmm. been a lot more challenging in this season. Totally. And so, and I will say like... that practically Jesus was not preaching to a phone on our behalf. I was <laughs> right. <laughs> and that sucked. Right. And I just think that the, you know, the idea of like, I just, the thing I think about, I had a boss at Starbucks who would always say, I don't have the wherewithal for that. Mm-hmm. And I just genuinely feel like I, I'm not even sure what that means or what wherewithal is. Right. Mine is all gone. Yeah. And it's all <laughs> Whatever spent. it is, it's yeah. gone. And uh, yeah. And so I just think that what we need to convey to our people, and, and we didn't even have an opportunity to convey it to our people no. the last time. We didn't know what we were dealing with. Right. I think we need to have a more it's our sober first pandemic. View. Yeah. Our first one. Yeah. There's things we do different, you know? Uh, let's do a postmortem on the pandemic, yeah. shall we? I just <laughs> need that sucker to end so I can postmortem right. it. I'm tired of postmorteming something that just keeps coming back to life. Yeah. It really defies the, uh, the verbiage there. Yeah. But regardless, I think that just helping our people understand that if we're going to make it through whatever's left here, mm-hmm. um, we have to do it together. Yeah. And it's not a matter of, you know, did, did we call enough or this and that I need somebody to call me a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And I just think helping our people understand that like, uh, we got a lot of people who really love that we made it through and they know other churches that didn't. And mm-hmm. I think, and I think our church family has to understand that apart from us banding together and supporting one another, it just like it'll run its course and be done. Right. So I think the challenge in this in in calling people back to this mission of position being a community that's positioned for relationship, transforming relationship, is that COVID has so significantly rewired our behavior. Mm-hmm. And and people have grown accustomed to in so many ways, almost like an entirely new way of life. Like I mean I I know that like DoorDash and takeout and all that stuff existed prior to, but if you just think about like the way that we get food, like I don't know. I mean, there's no restaurant that still exists anyways mm. that does not also do takeout mm. now or like curbside delivery or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked, I think, ad nauseum about like, if you don't have an app at this point on which I can do almost everything and then just drive up and get it. Yeah then you're probably not in existence mm-hmm. or we're not your customer Definitely <laughs> at not. very least. No. So there's just been so many ways in which life has been completely rewired. And I, I think that we have seen the way that that's true, even with one's spiritual life. And I mm-hmm. think, especially when we look at just, cause the most visible thing we have is like the, 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 the ability to look out on Sunday morning and to be able to see people who are here or not. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what we have seen is that, by and large, 
Sunday morning, like the weekly worship service has become much more like the monthly worship service. Mm -hmm. And it's not just like, oh, we were on vacation for this one week or two weeks out of the year. It's if there's almost anything else, like, I mean, I I know of instances when it's like, hey, you want to go hiking this weekend and, and just skip church? And I think that's really unique. I think that that is a new way of life for most Christians that probably was not at least as as commonplace as it was prior to COVID. Sure. And it would have been something that you did on the down low, maybe felt a little bit guilty about, right. maybe didn't tell anyone about. You didn't Instagram I mean, it in oh, real yeah, time. Oh, yeah, for sure. That like that conversation has happened at church mm-hmm. about the following week's mm-hmm. service. And you're like, oh, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, nope. So how we go about inviting other how, inviting others to Uh, the mission I think is really important. And and as I was thinking about it today, I think what we need is we need patient reminding and we need accessible invites to new behavior. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing is we we need to patiently remind people of, of who we are, of what church is. I think if I have bought into, just for people who don't know, we have got like the most... Aggressive fly. it's, It's a, it's not even very big, but he is really out to destroy us and he will not go away. Right. So if you hear the slapping, mm-hmm. that's what it is. I'm going to get some chopsticks and go Miyagi all over this thing. Oh, wow. All right. That was a good reference. Have you ever done that though? No, oh, but it's from the karate kid. What does that what have is to do with anything? That actually happened in the karate kid. Yeah. When Mr. Miyagi catches a fly in his yeah. chopsticks. I saw those movies like first run. I have no idea. Oh gosh. Yeah. I'm going home. <laughs> You can finish the sucker out. That's great. All right. So we want to patiently Mm -hmm. remind people of who we are, what it means to be the body of Christ, what it means to be a local church. And then we want to give, I think, accessible invites. I think it's unfair to go, you know, to put this unaccessible, massive step in front of people, rewire everything by tomorrow. Well, Mm -hmm. no one can do that. So we need to give accessible steps. So. We're pulling people together. Practically, this is how we're handling yeah. it. We're pulling people together Sunday night. So when people hear this, this meeting will be done. But yeah. we're pulling the people together who have who have participated prior to and through COVID yeah. in our church. Yep. Right? The OG Ridgeline yeah. people, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you will. For sure. And, uh, and we're going to do three things in this meeting. Mm-hmm. We're going to uh, draw attention to how COVID has rewired our behavior. I don't think we do ourselves any favors like beating around the bush, pretending like like we all know, what? we all know you're skipping church. Like you get points in heaven for it. When so, we swing like, like half the size week in and week out, yeah. like you're like, Oh, Oh, you did just you, thought we wouldn't notice. Did you all go together. Yeah. What happened I mean, for the first several months we were back, everyone had to register mm-hmm. and check in. Mm-hmm. So you feel like, uh, we actually have record if you were here. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we just want to draw attention to that. Uh, so that we can all have, because I, I really am not sure that everyone's aware. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, I really do think very different about the world and about life than I did 18 months ago. Totally. So I think drawing attention to it is step one. Secondly, um, I want an opportunity to really remind them of this mission that we've been talking about. This is who we want to be. We yeah. want to be a people who are positioned to experience transforming relationship with Jesus. And then the third thing is to invite them to dive back into that. Yep. So we're going to talk about these three positions that we think result in transformation and say, if you're going to call Ridgeline home, this is this is what we do. Yeah. And um, like, we're not going to spend a bunch of time talking about w- what we were before mm-hmm. or what like 
this is who we are. Right. This is where we're headed. And if, and we want everybody to like jump on board. I love it. And get yeah. involved in that. Yeah. And I think one of the things is you think about that patient reminding and accessible invites to new mm-hmm. behavior. Uh, another one of the things that we are planning to do to sort of kick this off is the Sunday. So September 5th, that Sunday of Labor Day weekend, mm-hmm. uh, we're actually not going to have a worship service at all. Yeah. And it's not just because we want to be lazy or mm-hmm. just need one off. It's because as we've our, established, people aren't coming anyway. Right. So. <laughs> well, and our messaging is going to be, listen, if we're going to miss one, mm-hmm. let's miss it all together. Yeah. <laughs> like, can we align our powers on the Sunday missing so yep. that we can be there these following three weeks because they're important. Right. And I don't know that that's going to get for everyone. And I know some people already have plans and this and that, but I do think that that's a great example. That's really accessible. It's just t- telling people, listen, you know, I get that the weather is trailing off at some point here. I don't know when, yeah. but it's going to trail off and people want to get in their camping and their this and that. Mm-hmm. So, so like do it uh, up. Yeah. yeah. Do it up. No pressure, no stress. There's not even going to be something to watch on your phone. Like that's it. Yep. And then please be here the next three weeks. And right. I think that that's a great example of what you're talking about that, that, our request is going to be, uh, you know, we get that right now you're averaging about one and a half. We mm-hmm. want you to go to three, mm-hmm. but but we're not asking for four right out of the chute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> true. That's a real-time example Eventually. of... Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I think we are just, we, we're going to have these three weeks that it's kind of like an all-hands-on-deck yep. family meeting, uh, I think is even the way that it's going to feel with this, like, very clear... I don't so much, like... I, I don't intend it to be like a line in the sand that's like, if you're with us, you're going to do all of this. But they're like, I mean, any, literally anyone can show up on Sunday and hang out. Yeah. But if you're going to really be a part of the family or you Mm want to know what's Ridgeline about, then you need to be there those three weeks because this is what we're about. Yeah. And if you're disappointed that we're not something else, I don't know what to tell you. Sure. Because this is who we are, and we'll be painfully clear about that. Right. But also unapologetic about not being anything else. Yeah. And I think another kind of point for uh, the ministry leaders that are listening to think about is that on one end, I think that COVID has a lot to do with it. I think that um, just kind of some some spiritual warfare has something mm-hmm. to do with all that. And I know that on average, the pastors... Uh, listening, including us, mm-hmm. like we have not been filled with all of this exciting um, vision casting, mm-hmm. wonderful, you know. And so I think if the average person is feeling like, well, I mean, I can go mm-hmm. and it'll be good, but mm-hmm. it's just another Sunday. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been feeling like that too. And right. so it's sort of on both ends. And I think that what this is, is to your point, not a line in the sand, but just a reset of uh, it's going to be different. Yeah. And, and we, we want you to be a part of it. And so, uh, we've got a place that we're headed. Uh, it's been real foggy for Mm -hmm. about 18 months Mm -hmm. and it's about to get a lot more clear. Yeah. And I like, yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I I just, I think that's such a good point. You know, there's frustration on the pastoral end of like, man, I don't, I don't really want to do this, (laughs) but I wish people would show up more frequently. And then they're like, well, I don't, I don't really want to do this and I don't get paid to. So I don't need, it's just a real vicious cycle. Yeah. The whole thing. And I think more than, and I, I would say, I think what feels different to me now than 
another time is I don't feel like, all right, what we're doing in September is we're rolling out a new philosophy of ministry. No. Because that's really more of the same. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I we're really starting a movement. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to gosh. tell you. We'll email all the other churches so that we are really well hated. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I... And yeah, I mean, I don't know how to say this other than I think that a really profound, deep change is taking place inside of me. Mm -hmm. And there was something about this Sunday, just a couple of weeks ago, coming Mm -hmm. back and sharing about the experience that I shared about at the top and, and what God is doing in me that it was, um, it was like a noticeably, totally different Sunday, right? Yeah. And like, I think the whole room was in tears. Sure. And, and then, oh I'm man, not, me and Dee were, it was ugly. It was a hot mess. Yeah. yeah. In we the, were both in the, the best way. Yeah. 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 Um, but, it, and it was not like, well, the, the preacher cried and so people cried out mm-hmm. of empathy. It was like, I mean, it, I mean, I've been, you and I have been doing this a long time. We've been in a lot of services, yeah. a lot of really good ones and a lot of really powerful ones. Yeah. And I don't know how to say it other than like the spirit of God was, we were aware of the spirit's presence in a way that we have never been before. It was like a, it was a different, and I, I told our church at the end, like the tide has changed. Sure. And this is a sacred moment. This is what it feels like to stand on holy ground. And we are headed into a new day and yeah. a new season. Yep. And, and I, I don't want people to miss that. Um, I don't want them to hear like, okay, so your big thing on transformation is going to be people come to church and then they have a quiet time and then they're in a small group. That's yeah. your big, like, and <laughs> I don't even care what you call the positions. I barely care how you practice them. I think what's really different is I think more than any time in my life, I, I sense the spirit of God alive within me Mm. and I want everyone to feel that. Yeah. And I want everyone to walk in that and everyone to experience that in greater and deeper ways. And that's why I want to keep being a pastor. Yeah. And if it's not that I'm not interested. Sure. I don't care what the vision is. I don't care how many people come. I don't care what the philosophy, I don't care about any of that crap anymore. Like it just doesn't matter to me. That is just, that stuff is no different than whatever the holiday rollout is at Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just the same crap. Like we're just producing these goods that people consume. Totally. And I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And I think, I think part of the impact it was just what you shared and and what you kind of explained in a just sort of sneak peek sort of way as far as where our church is headed just resonated so deeply mm-hmm. with basically everyone listening. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it just it, you could tell in in the head nodding and that kind of thing mm-hmm. that people just were like, "Yes, yeah. that's that's what I'm looking for." Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Which I think to me is another indication, like, okay. God's up to something in this. Yeah. Cause, um, there was clearly this really deep resonance in, in the room of like, yeah, this is, this is what got where God's taking us. And so for me, I felt like more than anything, it was a lot more of going, I feel like, I feel like we've all kind of had this, like this sense yeah. of who we are, sure. where we're headed, maybe absent of like real clear language or how to talk about it. Yeah. And there was just something about that moment that, we all together were able to go, that's it. Yeah. 
And so let's go. So in summary, we're not quitting. No. Our church. And we're going to keep doing this podcast, mm-hmm. right? And we're going to come up with uh, a shorter description of what you do at my XP. Listen, I do lots of things. Chief, it's, a, it's a lot of work. Chief Back cultural <laughs> creative architect of all things awesome. Uh, something cool. All right. So we're going to spend the next three weeks really kind of debriefing what God's doing in this season at Original, yeah. right? Might be a few more because we have like next week will be more of a recap of the meeting. And then oh, yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah. So three, yeah, five, six, I don't know, something like that. We'll yeah. figure it out. Hey, we're following the spirit. Oh, boy. No more planning. It's oh, all cool. Well, then uh, this is my resignation. <laughs> all right. So that's where we're headed. We uh, hope yeah. that you'll follow along. And I think more than anything, we're, we're praying that some, some version of this happens in your church too. And so yeah. more than anything, um, I would just really encourage you to, to listen and to, to, to think about, is there anything in what we're describing um, that resonates with you? Yeah. That you feel like, yeah, I'm kind of tired of of what this has become. And I think with the encouragement I want people to hear is, um, I don't think our only, so, and this is the way I was thinking, I don't think our only solution is to find another job. Yeah. I think there is another way to do yeah, the job. For sure. And there's hope for that. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons as we talked about the purpose and how we were going to handle this series, I think, um, you know, I'd really challenge you to think through uh, how you can apply it to your church. I mm-hmm. mean, we're, we're going to give, so here's what we're going to do. And then we'll give a little recap about mm-hmm. how it went and what we took away. And there's no shame in just bag, borrow and steal. Sure. Every, you know, uh, from, from, uh, Bible times, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. And so, uh, this isn't like an extra creative idea. It's just where we're mm-hmm. at. Yeah. And I think that if there's something that you can take from it, by all means do. Yep. And if there's something that we mention. Um, that you need, uh, by all means, reach out to us as you always do um, and let us know. Uh, one of the things, uh, we have a really talented design couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are with Reborn. It's Matt and mm-hmm. Megan Bourne. And they designed a slide for us to say no church on Labor Day Sunday. Mm-hmm. In the event that does something for you, uh, it'll be on our website, ridgeline.church. It'll be right on the homepage there. If you just scroll down a little bit and feel free to just grab it right at Squarespace so you can grab the image and you can use it for whatever you want. That's good. I didn't ask them, but I'm sure they're okay with yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to care. And uh, and truthfully, if you want to talk to me about what about where you're at, you can just email me, ryan at ridgeline.church, and um, I'd be happy to get on the phone and talk to as many people as I can about what's happening in me, what's happening in you and and how we can really do this in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I like it. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. And, uh, you know, if you're listening, you've heard this spiel before, you're probably going to turn it off. But if you're listening to for the first time and you've enjoyed this, uh, I want you to know you could help us in three ways. You can subscribe rather than just listen. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You could leave a review as that helps more people find the podcast. And then we'd love to be able to connect with you on social media. And so you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can find me at at Tyler. Dravitz, that's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Tie tie out. Oh, that's new. I like that. Tie tie out. We're gonna have t-shirts on the website that say tie tie out. Which website? We don't have a website. Know.